Hi, I'm Carrie. And this is Curtis. Welcome to Money Affects Everything. These conversations are meant to discuss the many ways money affects every area of our life. Our goal is to help you change your perspective on money from being the pursuit to seeing money as a tool to fund the life that you want to live. Well, welcome everyone. Uh, today we wanted to talk about discussing uh, your finances and your budget with your significant other. And th- the first point that I'll talk to is 20% of Americans don't tell anyone how much their salary is. That includes their spouse or their partner. And just think about that. That means if you have five friends, one of them will not tell anyone they know what their salary is. And when you think about it, just from a significant other perspective, 40% of women and 48% of men do not share their salaries. And I think this is just the, the point to say, it's important to start having that conversation, particularly with your significant other. Um, it is a softer conversation. As you just think about sharing your feelings and your thoughts, there's a lot of stigma attached to, to money. And you really wanna make sure that the other person, one way or the other, doesn't feel judged along the way as you talk through your, your salaries. And I wanted to talk about this openly with Curtis because I think it's a possibility he and I have some different opinions about this. It could be a difference in age or the way we were raised, but I might tend to be more secretive about my salary, even though we've done other podcasts where I say you have to be open and honest about everything, but I'm in the dating world. And so maybe that's why I'm just sort of like, hmm, do I really have to share? And uh, so I just wanted to open this up as a podcast to talk about, yeah, you know, when, at what point in the relationship do we share our salary? And when we get to the point of sharing finances, especially when we live together, what's fair? Mm-hmm. Does one, is it, should we, should everything be 50 50? Or if one person makes significantly more money, then do you handle things differently? So how do you, how do you do it, Curtis? Yeah. And, and so I think a starting point for me on this is really maybe laying the groundwork for that discussion. And it's saying, where are you trying to head? What are the values that you have? Where are you trying to go? and making sure that you're communicating that um, with your significant other and deciding, are you headed on the same trajectory? Are there other things that each one of you are separately trying to accomplish uh, that might require a difference uh, from a budgeting perspective? And and then kind of getting back to your your question there, uh, really is thinking about how should that be split up? Uh, Particularly as you have people that earn different amounts of money and in part, uh, we're we're just wrapping up tax season uh, and it makes me think about filing jointly uh, versus married filing separately. And particularly here in Ohio, 
it's one of the states that it might make more sense to marry filing separately. And that's somewhat random and a tangent, but I do think it speaks to thinking about budgeting, thinking about the way you're saving and the implications of that uh, can rain, not just to how do you communicate as a couple, uh, but it can end in very different balances within your investment accounts and then ultimately have uh, big tax implications too, uh, depending on the way that you ultimately handle that. And the, the short answer to come back to it again, because I keep diverting it apparently, is I don't think most couples 50-50 makes sense. I, I think when I hear most people talk about 50-50, I think of an eye for an eye. And when I think about uh, a couple in their relationship, I, I think there are different things that we all bring to the table. And that isn't always going to look directly equal. Um, and it's really much more to me about a principle of fairness uh, versus egalitarian, is this perfectly down the middle? And instead say, is this fair? And particularly as that wraps back into what are your values and what are your goals? And are we collaborating together to help best put ourselves on the path to success? Interesting. And I get your point, Curtis, about, you know, with the 50-50 egalitarian, but at the same time, uh, there's some, there is a fairness quality to the 50-50 that I'd hate for it to get I don't know, so nitpicky of, okay, we just went out to dinner. You ordered a steak, I ordered a salad, so I shouldn't have to pay 50%. Um, or that it's uh, one person in the couple always is buying dinner, mm -hmm. where it's just like, well, you make more, so you should always buy dinner. Um, I don't right. think that that sets up for good, good feelings also. Uh, and a big challenge that I find for myself and my clients that are women, mm -hmm. that we, we reach a point in our lives where we're finally taking control of our money mm -hmm. and that sometimes the women are better savers. A lot of times women mm -hmm. are better savers. And so we get to that age where we're maxing out our 401k, we're putting away so much into a savings account and we're just, we're being so diligent. And then when it comes time for a vacation, it's like, oh, well, you know, you've got 10 grand in your savings account and you think, well, darn it. I've worked hard to save that. If our, mm -hmm. if our vacation is $5,000, can't we use 2,500 of my savings and 2,500 of your savings? Oh, mm -hmm. you don't have any? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, and I, I, I really think that just goes back to establishing those goals and planning ahead um, where I, I do think that can make a lot of sense uh, where I, I think my, my wife is much more of a, um, she would love to go on a vacation once a month. And for me, it definitely comes back to, well, how are we going to pay for that? How are we going to save for that? And that's something where, yeah, ultimately we have to work through how do we do that and make sure that between the two of us, uh, as we have combined fi finances, uh, that we're putting a, a certain amount together 
and a certain amount aside so that ultimately when it comes time for vacation, uh, that's been saved for on a mutual basis. Um, and, and I guess for us, that's worrying a little bit less of was that technically from her salary or from my salary, uh, but ultimately agreeing that we need, need to fill that bucket together. And if we're, we're not filling that bucket together, that means we're not jointly involved in that decision. Um, and and I, I think that really speaks to your, your point, which is um, if someone's just trying to extract from the relationship, um, that's as much of a problem as someone who's trying to just say, you make more money. You, you, you know, like it, it's, it, it really is trying to bring some semblance of balance there, um, which again, for, for me, doesn't necessarily mean it's perfectly 50-50, uh, but making sure that you're on the same page, I think is a key component of, of that. Yeah. And, but your upbringing, I tell you it for young people, it could make a world of difference. And some examples I've seen are a young person, their, their family may have done okay, Mm -hmm. but they had to pay for their own college. Mm -hmm. And so now they are $80,000 in debt because they've had to do these student loans to pay for college. Well, then they meet their partner. The partner comes from maybe a more well-to-do family or the person got scholarships, whatever it might be, but they enter the relationship with zero debt and maybe even a better salary. So now you're, you're talking, let's say two 30 year olds, Mm -hmm. um, where one makes $150,000 a year with zero debt. And the other makes 80,000 a year because they're a school teacher, they're a social worker, they do something wonderful that's just not paid very well. Plus they have 80 grand in debt. Mm -hmm. And I think that that could make for an interesting uh, situation that you'd really have to talk through is, all right, do we split the utility bill 50-50? Do we split rent Mm 50-50 when you're really using utilities and the household 50, 50. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about that? Yeah. I, I, I think that really goes back to talking through with the couple, the way they want to think about that and you know, where, where do they ultimately want to head down that conversation? Um, in a recent episode, we were talking about uh, financial infidelity and credit card debt and almost immediately when I'm thinking about that, that's kind of a point that I, I use the phrase, let's put the fire out. Um, like, how are we going to pay off that high interest credit card debt immediately? No, no matter whom's, whom is responsible for that debt in the first place, but as a couple trying to address it. Um, if, if you're not married, I think that probably comes back to the person who spent it needs to be responsible for it. But if you're headed down that path or you are married, um, the, the implication of that really does ultimately impact your marriage as a whole. You're, uh, com- you do have separate credit scores, but just thinking about that as, as a relationship and uh, the interest rates that you might be paying from a um, credit perspective, trying to make sure that you're uh, allocating towards that 
And this is something that uh, Carrie and I talked about offline is often with couples where you do see disparate incomes, one of the things that um, I'm often talking to clients about is uh, disparate savings rates, but the other way than you might initially be thinking about that. So rather than saying both should save 20%, maybe it's going to be the higher earner saves 15%, whereas the lower earner saves a third of their income. And part of what that helps do is just the retirement accounts uh, that, that are saved helps kind of bring that balance between who owns uh, more in assets uh, based off of the way estate plan law is written right now. That's not as important as it once was, uh, but, but it's something that I, I just think goes back to a longer term principle in thinking about financial planning and the flexibility there really is to come back and say, can we balance some things out from an account perspective? That way in the future, we have more flexibility. And th that's always something that I'm trying to think through is how do we increase the flexibility uh, for a couple so that in the future, they just have more choices that they can make. And another advantage to saving about the same amount of money, not percentage, but the same actual amount of money right. is God forbid something happens to the relationship or there is a divorce mm -hmm. where at least in Ohio, it's, it's a 50, 50 state. And what I'm seeing a lot with women that I work with, there's a hesitancy for them to get a divorce, even though they might want out of the relationship because they have saved more. Mm -hmm. And they realize they're going to have to give up a huge chunk of their retirement. And, um, but I understand why the laws are written that way, because if either person in the relationship, you know, offsets the family budget by, by putting money into a 401k or deferred comp or whatever that might be, you know, they, it is keeping it from being as a part of the marital budget. Mm -hmm. And um, so then when the marriage dissolves, I sort of get it why it's like, all right, if together we saved half a million dollars, we should each get 250000 So if you could save at about the same rate, then uh, let's see, money wouldn't come into uh, affecting maybe your decision to get divorced uh, as much. And mm -hmm. Um, but I tell you, back to my example, the young people, that would be hard. That young couple, I, I said that one's got all that college debt. I mean, imagine third of their income is going to college debt. A third of their income is going to savings. Then they'd only be able to contribute one third of it to the household expenses. So yeah, you couldn't do really a 50-50 with the mortgage and utilities then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and I think that's an important thing to make sure people are, are talking through. And ultimately, are they okay with taking that different approach uh, where it, it is about trying to build that uh, from a longer term perspective where um, you're thinking about it as a combined unit uh, versus individually. And um, I, I think in future episodes, we'll, we'll probably talk a little bit more about that uh, from an individual perspective where um, 
you know, the, the reality is that it's still half of marriages end in divorce. And therefore, um, you don't want to plan that you're going to get divorced, uh, but you should take action to make sure that you know your finances, that as we're building accounts, that that's done the right way. Um, I, I'm thinking of um, a recent example where uh, someone's set up a rental property uh, and it's all in uh, one of their names and the spouse called me about it. And um, it was something that we talked through. And ultimately part of what we did there was uh, shift some assets so that uh, that there, there was a, a balance to that because ultimately both of them are on the hook for what they're doing from a rental property. They're both participating in it. Uh, but when setting up the LLC, it was just one person individual that did that. Uh, so, so I think that's a, a great point. So let, let's just spin this a, a little bit differently. What is your favorite budgeting software? What, what do you tell people to use when thinking about uh, setting up a budget? Um, you know, how, how do you talk through that with someone? That's a good question. There are a lot of different software programs out there uh, that I, I have looked at online mm -hmm. and even most people's banks you know, have their own way of, of uh, doing it. And even credit card statements can divide things out for you. However, I'm old school and I have an Excel spreadsheet that is a, a template that I share with my clients and I have them personalize it to, mm -hmm. to, to meet their needs. And it's quite a project though, that I put them through. I say they have to go back at least three months, ideally six months, and they have to look at their activity on not only the bank, but their credit cards mm -hmm. and to then get a sense of by category, how much they're spending mm -hmm. to, to then create this budget. And it does usually put them through an exercise of big aha moments, right. like eating out. That's the big one. <laughs> I think that shocks almost everyone when they see that. And it, yeah, the, the difference in bills there and probably most people, if they look over the last year, that probably looks pretty rough again, just being at home. Uh, I know a few people, uh, myself included, that have kind of taken this as an opportunity to cook more. But for a lot of people, I, I know that, that they've been trying to uh, support uh, small businesses and continue to eat at restaurants. And therefore, from a budget standpoint, I know that's, that number has gone up for a lot of people as they go through and, and look at uh, what they've spent from a credit card uh, perspective and go through that budgeting process. Um, and I, I encourage all clients to print off their credit card summary that they get each year and take a look at that. And from a you know, positive perspective, I'm almost always thinking about that from your points. And are you spending on the right credit card to maximize your, your spending points? And should you be shifting that around? Um, I, I think that's always just valuable to go spend 20, 30 minutes looking through that. Uh, but then ultimately, I would agree, um, I'm a little bit more of a, let's balance the checkbook. Here's my spreadsheet. Uh, but I, 
I, I, I do know other people really do uh, like you need to budget or, or mint as a way to kind of look at that from an ongoing basis uh, from a budgeting perspective. Yeah, yeah. And and mint um, is, is something that I've noticed is popular as well. And I think it does give you a good, good snapshot from day in and day out to just see that you're, you're on track. But just in the beginning, when I work with people, I really make them dig deep and, and look at things. And a lot of times though, it's also to determine, okay, how much can you save and that they really could be saving more than they are. Mm -hmm. And we, as creatures of habit, it seems like we spend what we see in our bank accounts. And so I try to get people to hide money from themselves as much as possible. <laughs> so whether it come out, yeah, come out of the paycheck, you know, go in the 401k so they never see it, or, you know, even just auto draft into, you know, every month it goes into the savings account and they don't see it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is, this has been a great discussion and I'm going to reiterate to listeners that, where Curtis and I have uh, opinions about, let's say, like each person saving the same amount of money, that's not a truism for everyone. Right. And that, you know, if, if as a couple, you make a decision that one of you is going to save aggressively for retirement and the other one's going to aggressively pay off student debt, that might be fine for your situation too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree. I mean, this is all very personal. It is very much by by the couple. Uh, so as always, make sure to talk to, about, to the financial professionals in your lives uh, to, to go through this exercise. I, I think it's something uh, that's really healthy to share and talk through, uh, and, and it can ultimately lead to uh, better financial decisions, uh, potentially saving more. Uh, so please uh, take the time to put together your budget and uh, to talk about uh, your incomes to the extent that you're you're ready to. Um, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to determine which date you're going to share that with uh, whomever you're dating uh, in the future here. <laughs> yep, sounds like a plan. Thanks, Curtis. All right, thanks. Thank you for tuning in. Did you like what you heard so much that you're ready to go make major changes to your financial situation? Stop. Do not proceed. Go talk with the professionals to help you make decisions. Your accountant, your attorney, your financial advisor, your mortgage broker. Comments here today may or may not be applicable to you in your situation. This is not personal financial advice for you. But if you would like to talk one-on-one, -on -one, this is Carrie Cook, and I'm the pr proud owner of What About Us Financial. I utilize environmental, social, and governance investing to help you invest in a better world. You can find out more at whataboutusfinancial.com. That's whataboutusfinancial, all spelled out, dot com. I am the owner of Quiet Wealth Management. I use a flat fee approach to helping retirees and working professionals execute solutions for their lifestyle. You can find out more at Quiet Wealth. Dot net. That's quiet, well, all spelled out, dot net. Thanks again for tuning in.